Hey friends, and welcome to the Why Should I podcast. I'm joined today by brother-sister duo Jonathan and Joy Sixtos, and today we are uh, talking why should I use media to advance the gospel. And these two have been an incredible blessing to me on my podcasting journey. Uh, I even wanted to start a podcast because I was a guest on Joy's show and um, just realized how fun it is and how cool it is to be able to use this platform and this tool um, to, yeah, minister and share what's on um, my heart. And so, yeah, Joy and Jonathan, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Yeah. It's good to be here. For sure. So we'll get rolling right into it. Why should uh, we use media to advance the gospel? So media, we know we are in the 21st century. We know that there are so many tools available. And so with the different branches and areas of media, we know that if Jesus were around, you know, we've probably heard that. Your listeners have probably heard that. We know that if Jesus were around today, he would use every available voice to get the gospel out. Anybody can use worldwide in a literal second to share the gospel with others. So it's a vital part to getting the good news out to the general public. Love that. Yeah, I would piggyback off that. I've got this phrase that I've kind of ran with since probably junior high or high school in ministry. It's that the gospel is always powerful, but it needs to be palatable. Hmm. And it's just a little play on words, meaning that it needs to be digestible, edible, And I use palate because across different cultures, they use different spices, different types of food and ingredients, but it's for nourishment. And so in the same way, wherever we are, whatever culture we find ourselves in, whatever area the Lord has planted us, I believe that we need to be faithful and use those ingredients of the gospel to kind of sauce something up in a way that appeals to people. You know, the Apostle Paul said, I'm all things to all men that I might win some to Christ. And Mm -hmm. so that's how I view using media to right. spread the gospel, saying, okay, Jesus said, go into all the world. And at the time, that was for them on foot and on ships and on carriages. But for us, we have so many different avenues with which we can spread the gospel. Yeah, love that. I heard a quote once that stuck with me. It says, a, um, a missionary isn't someone who crosses the sea, it's someone who sees the cross. Mm. And uh, I just think that's so good because it's easy sometimes for us. I, I'm speaking for myself. I know that sometimes it's easy for me to hop on a plane, go halfway across the world, do some, you know, mission work. And, you know, with the right heart, right attitude, you're wanting to make a difference and um, bless people with the gospel. But are we loving our neighbor and, you know, the people in our sphere of influence? Um, and I think, yeah, like you guys said, it's just the media is an incredible tool that we're able to use right now in uh, our day and age to be able to make a significant impact. So how would you say that we kind of live in the tension of what it is to embrace the ever-changing culture while staying true to biblical principles? What's that kind of look like? As we see the changing of the the culture around us, I think that we need to remain true to the message within us. We can't say, okay, well, this, you know, they say, if something was a sin a hundred years ago, it's still a sin today. And that is true, but we also need to recognize how do we present the gospel, like we were talking about earlier, using avenues to spread the gospel, but also reading the room. What am I willing to adapt? And I feel like there's a difference. I really, really feel like we need to focus on this just for a minute the difference between adapting and adopting. Hmm. Because adapting means you change in order to fit something. Adopting means you make it your own. Are we adapting the message of the gospel? Are we changing the message of the gospel and saying, 
well, you know, this is okay. Well, you know, we're just going to let that slide. And we can be holy. We can be sanctified while still remaining relevant. And I feel like that doesn't have to be at war with each other. We just need to learn how to adapt and not necessarily adopt everything in the culture we find ourselves. Yeah, it's good. Uh, one of my favorite preachers, her name is Dawn Tree Wilkerson from Boo Church in Miami. She says, the content you consume will be the content that you create. And I love that so much. She has a, a whole message um, called Living Letters. And it's about uh, a portion of scripture that says, your very life is a letter that people will read. And so I think, yeah, the stuff that we're putting out is ultimately a reflection of who we are. And so um, what has online discipleship look like in just the last couple of years, obviously with um, COVID and everything, churches switching to online platforms, like the um, importance of being able to reach people even if they can't physically be in the same space as us. What's that look like? I love it. Personally, um, if you think about it, if it wasn't for content creation, we wouldn't have a majority of the New Testament. I mean, Paul was all about online church at the time because he would send letters to yeah. the congregations. And I mean, I understand how people are afraid that they would lose that community because there's a difference between community and consumers. You know, a consumer says, I want this product. I want this worship. I want these warm, fuzzy tinglys while I'm still wearing my warm, fuzzy pajamas. But then there are others we understand for health concerns and community concerns. So I don't think that it needs to be an issue of contention within the church. I think we need to view it as an opportunity. Mm -hmm. Online discipleship is not an oxymoron. I feel like it is in the same traditions, like we're adapting the message that the Apostle Paul did, writing letters to the churches, you know, to uh, hashtag church in Philippi, hashtag (laughs) church in Caesarea, you know, just wherever he was distributing his message, they were consuming that message. And I think we can still stay true to the message of the gospel in that way. We have uh, people who can leave messages in the chat. We have email. We have online giving. We have not just content that is one way, but interactivity in our technology so online discipleship can take place. Mm -hmm. Now, it is not a substitute for relational discipleship. And I think that that's the difference that I'd like to say. Online discipleship is possible, but it cannot substitute relational discipleship. And I think that we're at the point in our pandemic world where we can take appropriate safety measures and continue to disciple as much as possible in person, but for the people who need accommodations, who need that accessibility, it is a viable option. It's just not a perfect substitute, but it is a way to distribute the message of the gospel. So I love the opportunities that have arisen, and I think that it is changing the way that we broadcast the message of the gospel. So I'm a big fan. Very cool. So in the... uh same idea of content creation, whether that's online, whatever kind of media it is, there's obviously so much stuff out there, right? So many new videos coming at us every second, really. Um, what does that process look like for you guys? Content creation, coming up with stuff, brainstorming, creativity, all of that. I would say just be yourself. Try not to be somebody else that you're, you know, gleaning from. Just have your character. It may be quirky. It may be super professional. It may be whatever it is, but that's how God created you. And that's how people will see your authenticity and be able to identify and know that you're being real. You're Mm -hmm. being you, but you care and you love and you're taking that extra time to reach them through media. I think it's great. We live in an age with augmented reality and virtual reality, and I think our audience is very savvy when it comes to inauthentic reality. Mm. You know, they've seen movies for the past several years with virtual effects, you know, VFX and CGI and all these things. So if we try and manufacture 
a presence, then I think the audience is going to see that. And when we relate to who we're creating the content for, I think that's something we need to keep in mind. Like not only, okay, what do they want, but also what do I have to offer? I was so excited whenever we had kind of our initial meetings and you were talking about like, these are the things I feel like the Lord is leading me to talk about. And that's what people want to hear. They want to hear people, not just with content, but people with a message. And I feel like those two are separate Mm -hmm. that people can put out content. We see, uh, rebranded and what they call the deep fried memes where you screenshot this and then you post it as you, but everybody knows you got it from over here and it's just pixelated and it's just not as authentic. Whereas something is just fresh and hot. I would make a a rough analogy. There's a difference between fast food and a home cooked meal, right? You know, one you can get anywhere. Whenever we travel, we say, Oh, well let's go find something that we can't get at home. You know, you can always find a Whataburger, a Chick-fil-A, a Dairy Queen. But when you find a good home cooked meal restaurant, it's different because they took the time and we recognize that. Yeah. Our palate can recognize they took the time to put these special ingredients. Nobody does it like them. I'm only going to get that here. And that's, what's going to draw people to your content. What are you doing? Not necessarily to stand out because everybody wants to stand out. I mean, the shock value of some people is what makes them stand out, (laughs) but what's their content worth? Absolutely nothing. So I think so long as we're authentic, whereas, and I know that one of your questions is what caused us to get into podcasting? Well, it's our areas of expertise. You know, you have questions like, why should I do this? Why should I do that? Well, this is what my friends have taught me. This is what life has taught me. This is what the Lord has taught me. And with joy, ministering and ministers and reaching the body of Christ. And these are things that I feel that we need to address and what I've seen in ministry in my timeline. And then myself, just launching six-minute sessions, focusing on my areas of expertise. This is what I've learned in education in the last nine years in public school. This is what I've learned in ministry since junior high school, assisting and serving the Ministry of Helps, and now being an associate minister, a licensed minister, ordained minister. And it's that authenticity of the message that is going to have people coming back for a good home-cooked meal. That's good. Those are the best kind. Yeah. So how about you? What made you really want to start your podcast? A number of things. Uh, I did launch Unspeakable Joy podcast April 2020, officially. I started researching and and being creative in the content and stuff February of that year. But, um, you know, it just, it was a burden in a sense of how else can I reach people? And my brother and I were actually having a discussion about it. And uh, he encouraged me, said, well, hey, Joy, why don't you start a podcast? And at that time, I was aware that podcasts existed. Um, I didn't have a preference for them specifically. Um, And actually, I had never heard one through, not one episode, although they have been around for years. Um, Primarily, what my family and I have grown up on is the radio, because the location that we were raised in and where our church was located and our jobs and college and a lot of things, we've always commuted. We're always on the road. It's our second home. And so we would grow up on the radio with different children's programs and worship and counseling radio stations and a lot. So anyway, um, I said, you know what? That is an available voice. It's a modern way to get the word out. Um, The particular platform that I chose to use is free. And then, of course, as I've learned and grown and everything, you know, different um, pieces have come together and equipment to to use, you know, has come about in order to get the message across. But it was more of, of the choice to say, you know what, I can use another method, a modern method, even to reach primarily the younger generation. And then uh, a niche part of that would be ministers uh, and others associated with that. And then internationally speaking, it all came together. 
And so thankfully, my brother also is gifted in the form of technology and knowing different uh, modern ways in order to technologically get the message across. And so one thing led to another, and we praise God that now um, the show is in season six, halfway through. You have been a guest there, and uh, God has really elevated it, just as I've been myself, you know, just as I've been able to interview friends from across the world and things, and um, it's actually been heard in 15 nations now. And so that's been a blessing. And again, it's just about putting out the content that you are used to, what you're led to do, and just being yourself. So that's how my podcast came to be. And it's been a blessing. And um, even the feedback you get on episodes sometimes, it just brings you to tears, whether one person heard it Mm -hmm. per se, or several people have heard it. You know, um, it just makes a difference to know that you're being used. I think, uh, yeah, it ultimately all goes back to obedience and just doing what we feel like, you know, God's calling us to do. So from y'all's obedience, I, uh, the very first episode I put out, I talked about how your yes can, can set someone up, some, someone else up for success. And, um, I, yeah, I just think that that was you guys in a big way for me. Cause, uh, I, yeah, podcasts were not on my radar at all, um, I was like, I don't know, I wanna, I'd like to create some content and put some stuff out there, but I have no idea how or what, and I would read different articles, look at different YouTube videos, and it just seemed kind of daunting and overwhelming, but you guys just really kind of helped me out step by step and told me, hey, this is the stuff that's like the non-negotiables, this is the stuff you can wait on, whatever it is, you know. So how have mentors spoken into, into y'all's lives? One of the things I learned in campus ministry growing up was kind of this model where I do, you watch, I do, you help, you do, I help, and then eventually you do and I watch. And Mm. so this discipleship by design and growing someone, and that's how Jesus was. You know, he discipled his followers, and then he said, hey, you've been with me long enough to where now you go into all the world. Now greater works will you do. Now in my name, what you've learned from me, the lessons, the authority, the system, now you can adapt it to your home, to your country, to Judea, to the world. And as we grow, we need to recognize that we are not just learning and consumers, but we also have a charge. If you have an Instagram account or a Facebook or a TikTok, any sort of media, you uh, have the power to use that for the good of advancing the gospel. So Jonathan, would you just pray for the listeners as we close today? I would love to. Thank you so much for having us on the show. Yes, it's been a blast. And for those of you listening, we are excited about what the Lord is doing through this podcast. Let's end in a word of prayer. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that you have shown us so many wonderful things, that you reveal mysteries to us, that you explain things to us in parables and just walk us through this journey with you. And we pray, God, that this message, this uh, conversation today would be uplifting to whoever hears it. We pray that you would stir dreams inside of them, that you would bring mentors alongside of them, that they would know that their heart is good ground and the seeds sown in there are precious and they're valuable. And God, we even pray protection over those dreams, those seedlings that are beginning to sprout, that we would remain strong and steadfast in the winds of life for those people who feel burdened by the situations, whether financial, whether physical whether relational, that you would continue to sustain them. You would continue to water that seed. You would continue to remind them of the promises that they can hold on to as they're growing in their journey. And we thank you, God, for our mentors. We are so grateful for Jesus, the most prime example that we could ever have. 
and that we would continue to do whatever it takes to spread the message of his love, of his forgiveness, and of his supernatural life that he offers to us as we continue in our journey with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.